kids, get your popcorn out. I'm just joking. <laughs> Hello, critics, non-critics, and friends. Welcome to the Film Optics Podcast, where we take a glance into blockbusters, indie films, and everything in between. I'm your host, Christian, and I'm joined here today, as always, by my good friend and my co-host, Devin. And today, we're going to be giving our thoughts and reflections on Thor, Love, and Thunder. And before we begin today's episode, you can listen to our podcast on podcast platforms around the internet. That includes Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. And if you are a new or seasoned listener to the show, we would love to hear from you guys. Follow us on Instagram and follow us on Twitter at Film Optics. That is Optics with an X. Or you can email us at filmoptics at gmail.com for any movie-related questions Devin, it's finally Friday. How has your week been? It was good. I had a great Thor's day yesterday. Um, it was also <laughs> on my birthday, so that was a good crossover. I see you're working on your ki- your Kiwi accent over there. Taika would be proud. Yeah. <laughs> Kids, get your popcorn out. <laughs> he turned the hearts into yards, the pains into gains. <laughs> I, I, oh my gosh, I. Taika Waititi is one of my favorite directors and granted I don't like all of his films the same but I still enjoy them all the same there's been a lot of discourse around this film for Thor Love and Thunder but yeah I just I, I just love that for, for the fourth Thor <laughs> yeah I I, just, I love uh I love Taika's like New Zealand accent like it's just that's, that's why he never changes it. He, he uses it for all of his characters. He's the droid in Mandalorian. He's Blackbeard in his show. He's He just always sticks with the accent because it's just so pure. Yeah, our flags mean death. I definitely need to keep, I need to watch that as well. It's on my watch list. Um, I've been watching, I started Solar Opposites season three. I only got one episode in. I got to watch Severance as well. But you're finished with Severance, right? Yeah. Yes, and I'm about halfway done with Solar Opposites season oh, three. Look at big man on canvas over here. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Have, have have the week off, just chilling. That is true. That that does um, that does bring a lot. Of, <laughs> that does change a lot of things. Honestly, I probably would be, you know, around the same if if I had this week off, but. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm liking for from what the first season I've seen of Solar Opposites. You know, it's it's good to be back for sure with that. I'm excited to dive into Severance. Um, I saw Thor: Love and Thunder for the second time this um, this week. So saw it first with the critic screenings, and then of course uh, once with the audience. But yeah, it was a uh, it was a great time. So as I said before, here, ladies and gentlemen, we're just here going to be talking about Thor Love and Thunder. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm very excited to hear what Devin actually has to say about this, because like I said before, there's a lot of discourse on Twitter. If you're big into the Twitter space, um, people are kind of like lukewarm on it, um, you know, rightfully so. You know, it, it, if the movie doesn't work for you, that's that's all good to go. And, you know, it, it's all subjective at the end of the day. But Devin, are you ready just to dive into this review? Because I feel like we have a lot to talk about. Oh, am I ready? I know we're an audio only podcast, but if you guys can see the video, I was born ready. Obviously, yes, we are a audio only podcast, but Devin uh, actually uh, spent the big bucks and bought oh, yeah. the 
Thor Love and Thunder um, popcorn bucket that you can buy at your local AMC theater. This thing was teased like months ago. It was. And I think Xbox is like doing their own, which is amazing. I, I love how Xbox is kind of just, yeah, he's swinging the hammer around. It, see, I didn't know how big it was because I tried to buy one. And, oh, okay, that's pretty cool. It, it, it seems like it's a decent size to put some popcorn in for sure. Or just use it as like a compartment for. Yeah, I'd say it's probably like a small popcorn's worth. Um, did it? They um, so when I asked for one, <laughs> the lady just looked at me with disappointment. <laughs> she was like, I'm sorry. She was like, I'm sorry, sweetie, you were too late. Yeah, they were being sold like a lot more than I would have expected for that price point, but two people ahead of me also got one. Nice, yeah. I, I just I, I looked, I was like, curse my, my day job, I wasn't able to make it here in time, but hey, that's okay. I mean, I could try to go to another theater, but. How much was that altogether? 40 bucks. It did come with a large popcorn, which was something. So I wonder if you can bring that Thor Love and Thunder like popcorn like compartment to any AMC and will they refill it for you for free? I don't know if it would be free, but I think they could refill it for you. I don't see why not. Yeah. Because <laughs> I remember when I was younger, there was I think Cinemark used to do that where you could like bring in. Like if you bought like a popcorn bucket from them, they would refill it for you for like, it might've been like a fraction of the price yeah. or something of that nature. I do remember that, man, I miss Cinemark. <laughs> I miss our Cinemark theater. <laughs> we, we actually went to the Cinemark last night, but I went to a, a AMC separately uh, last yesterday afternoon and got this. Did you go to the one in Aurora or is that one knocked down? I think that one is closed. We went to the one in Valley View because it has the XD theater. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because there was also a Cinemark in Macedonia. I'm not sure if that one's still open. Yeah, that one's still open. Okay. See, I thought it was the opposite way around. Man. Yeah, I I remember now. Yeah, Cinemark used to be the place to go. But then the Aurora one was technically closer to us after a while. And then that, that that was like the place to go. That's where we saw Avengers. The first, the first Avengers yeah. with, with uh, Dakota shoving the uh, <laughs> chicken sandwiches in his jeans. I can't believe he did. I, they were like chicken sandwiches or chicken wraps. That was like the worst. I, I can't even imagine going through that. But ladies and gentlemen, enough reminiscing of the past. We're going to look towards the future and talk about Thor, Love and Thunder. So we'll be right back after this introduction to Thor, Love and Thunder. Kids, get to popcorn now. Let me tell you the story of the space viking. Thor Odinson. He was no ordinary man. He was a god. After saving planet Earth for the 500th time, Thor set off on a new journey. Well, he got in shape. He went from dad bod to god bod. And after all that, he reclaimed his title as the one and only Thor. Oh, spoke too soon. Jane? All right, ladies and gentlemen, and we are back. You just heard a little snippet of the trailer for Thor Love and Thunder, or Thor 4. It's it's all, you know, I'm, I'm getting my, my THs and my ORs all mixed up today, so I do apologize. So, yeah, we're here to talk about Thor Love and Thunder. Of course, this 
film is directed by Taika Waititi himself and stars Chris Hemsworth, Natalie Portman coming back to reprise her role as Jane Fonda. I'm sorry, Jane Foster. <laughs> and this one was actually also written by Taika, which was not the case for Ragnarok. Right, right. And it also, this movie stars Christian Bale and Tessa Thompson. Just to name a few, of course, you know, there are other appearances, but those are the the main four that we follow throughout this entire journey. But quite a few little guest appearances in this one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially uh, the post credit scene, which we'll definitely get into once we talk about uh, for spoilers. But so, yeah, let's just dive into the initial reactions here. I'll pass it over to Devin so he can give his uh, initial reactions for Thor Love and Thunder. And then I'll give mine and we'll kind of just, yeah. Actually, before we do that, I do apologize. For anyone who is new here, we usually get into our initial reactions first, those initial reactions. Then we get into our spoilers and then our Easter eggs, final thoughts, and then ratings. So, Devin, take it away with your initial reactions of the movie. All right. Well, this one was thoroughly entertaining and a, and a wild ride throughout for me. There was a lot to take in. There's just so much happening in this movie. It feels like they cut out a couple of scenes. It feels like that could have really expanded on a couple of characters throughout, which I feel like would have made it even stronger. And the movie itself is, is visually stunning. I know there's been a lot of drama on Twitter with people posting singular screenshots of single frames of single scenes that don't look up to par, but... Overall, every action scene is stunning, like all the set pieces and and especially some of the fights towards the end, just some of the most visually stunning uh, stuff you'll see. Obviously, Chris Hemsworth is great. It was nice to bring back Natalie Portman, uh, which was a surprise to everybody when that was first announced because the first two Thor movies, not great. And part of the reason is because they weren't given much good uh, chemistry on screen. They weren't given much to work with as far as those movies went. And this movie did a great job of kind of of building up the relationship more than the first two movies could combine. Like we got more for their relationship in this one than we ever did before. Just showing how they have connected. And it's not just a physical attraction like it seemed like in the first two movies. Yeah, there's there's a lot to love. Christian Bale is gore. It was, was just amazing. Do wish there was a bit more of him. That seems to be a an issue that a lot of people agree with. But he was just so menacing and... You can tell how much fun he was having, just like going all out in this role, just playing around with it. Yeah, there's a couple of moments where you do wish some of the characters were expanded upon a bit more. But other than that, it's it's really it really is just an MCU rom com at the end of the day. It's, it's very hev- heavy on the comedy. So if you weren't a fan of the comedy in Ragnarok, you're really not going to like this because it it doubles down. Like it goes heavy on the comedy. In some areas, it feels a bit out of place, but we'll, we'll talk about that later. Um, but a great ride overall. A lot of great music, too. And Thor, he's back. I, I definitely agree with you on a lot of points there. Uh, this is technically the first um, the first MCU movie we've gotten of, like, I guess you can say now, a legacy character of the Marvel Cinematic Universe where, you know, they're starting we're starting to see the Marvel uh, formula kind of like break off from itself. And, you know, as we stated before, like in our Miss Marvel episodes uh, that you can listen to on the podcast, um, it is very, um, it's different. Like it's very, it's a very experimental phase. Um, you know, this, like this is the fourth Thor movie we've gotten. So they're starting to break away from that trilogy aspect, which I kind of like 
because it's, I mean, you know, the beginning, middle, end, I get it. At the same time, it, it is just nice to see what, you know, we're just continuing on with like some of these characters to see where like the next adventure takes them. And I feel like, you know, making four or even like five uh, movies, you know, obviously at some point you kind of have to stop or it's like, okay, you know, or he's going to start using Thor more as a cameo or like a guest appearance in other people's uh, movies or like Avengers level threat movies. But overall, I really did enjoy Thor Love and Thunder. I've written a review for it on InCessionFilm.com. Uh, so you can definitely check my uh, full thoughts out there. But I, I think it's as every bit outlandish uh, as you might expect. Uh, especially coming from Thor Ragnarok. Uh, without a doubt, this is definitely one of the best uh, MCU 4 films to date. I still think Spider-Man No Way Home is number one, at least for me. Uh, but it this film continuously shows like Thor's humanity and, you know, Taika's able to show his humanity through his countrymen as well as you know, the love of his life, which is Jane Foster. And, and of course, Natalie Portman was honestly, I feel like she honestly stole the show as Mighty Thor. Um, and as always, you know, you're going to get that quirky, funny uh, Taika Waititi, like just humor, which it just made me chuckle and giggle throughout the entire thing. And I really just had a great ride with it. And yeah, Devin, as you said before, when it comes to, you know, people taking like a low res photo, like still image and trying to use that to highlight the entire movie, it's it's so ridiculous. It really just I feel like a lot of people just didn't like this movie to begin with. For some reason, there's like a big like a big turn on Taika out of nowhere and his director style, which I thought was kind of odd because I mean, you know, it's it's Thor Love and Thunder, my favorite Taika Waititi movie. No, but I still enjoyed it. And I really I, I just I love the the story threads, you know, Thor Love and Thunder really focuses in on the, uh, the relationship between Jane and Thor, much like Ragnarok focused in on the relationship between Thor and Loki. So you know, with both of his parents gone, it's kind of like the last thing that they've needed to address. I mean, you know, Chris Hemsworth as Thor is always amazing, but I feel like he was uh, outstaged just a little bit by everyone else, especially Tessa Thompson, Korg, um, the rest of the gang. Not saying that his performance was weak, but there were other performances that I kind of just preferred over Thor's. I mean, we know Thor is going to do Thor things, but as far as Gore, I thought he was fantastic. Um, like you said before, I, I know a lot of people who are, um, they kind of wish they would have gotten a little bit more of him. I personally thought that there was more than enough screen time um, for him, especially him being like the God Butcher. Um, I did speak to a few of, uh, of my other uh, buddies about it, and they were kind of wishing that we saw him kill actual, like more gods, which thinking back now, it would have been kind of cool to see. Yeah, it comes back to it feels like there probably were scenes where he did that, but it feels like they cut some of those out. Yeah, and especially during the very beginning, um, of course, it, people, Guardians of the Galaxy are in this movie, um, but only for a short while. Um, there is like a, a really strange like editing part that happens like towards the very beginning, and we'll get into that once we can get into spoilers here in a second, but. Yeah, overall, I mean, it, it was it was just so fun, you know, just having the narrative of Korg, like he does it at least three times throughout the movie. You know, kids, get your popcorn out. <laughs> Let me tell you the legend of the sp 
space Viking. It's it's just I don't know. I I've always adored Taika's style because he knows when to hit those emotional beats, and there are emotional beats within the story, especially with uh, Natalie Portman's uh, portrayal of uh, the Mighty Thor. Um, for those of you who don't know, but you know we'll get into that once we get into spoilers. Not Lady Thor. Not Lady Thor. <laughs> Eat my hammer. <laughs> It's like, oh, it's just my, my, my first bad guy. <laughs> it's like, oh, you never forget your first. I was like, oh, yeah, so nice. But yeah, like, you know, it's quirky. It's funny. It th- This is a comedy movie. And like you said, Devin, it, if you're not a fan of Taika's fan, uh, like humor, you're you're not going to like it at all. But yeah, that's just uh, those are just a few of my thoughts uh, for Thor Love and Thunder. Definitely. Like I said, you can check out. My uh, in-depth review over on InSessionFilm.com. I'll put a link um, in the episode notes for those people who want to check that out. But, Devin, are you ready just to uh, head on into spoilers? Yeah, there's there's a lot to discuss. (laughs) He went from dad bod to god bod. (laughs) If only it were that easy. I know. I mean, I mean, Thor was putting in work, to be completely honest with you, but we there's no way we could do that. It, I do find that it was hilarious, though. But yeah, And speaking of that, Chris Hemsworth is as ripped as he's ever been in this movie. And a lot of people have commented on that, but this man is huge, and he needed it for that for that, that scene with Zeus where he, uh, he bears all. That and uh, Natalie Portman also put in a lot of work. I mean, I think she looks great as mighty Thor. And honestly, yeah, that does arms. Yeah. And she was, she was putting pains into gains, hides into yards. So ladies and gentlemen, that is your first spoiler warning for Thor love and thunder again. That is your second spoiler warning for Thor love and thunder. So if you haven't seen it, uh, this is dropping a few days after it releases in theaters on on a Monday, I believe. Not entirely sure, but um, yeah, definitely go watch it because it is a great ride, a great family film for for anyone. Just in general, if if you're just looking for something just to turn your brain off, have a good time. Like not everything needs to make logical sense, like the movie suggests. You know, we're talking about a Norse. God <laughs> here and talking rocks and Valkyries and Vikings and Valhalla and the eternity and a God butcher. So suspense of disbelief altogether. So I, I think we have to start with, with the first thing. Um, he, he seems to be everywhere. He's here. He's there. He's every freaking where Mr. Hercules, Hercules. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was definitely a big surprise. It was. So when I watched it with critics first time around, I feel like the energy of the movie was there when I watched it with um, when I watched it with like with fans, because I went at like five o'clock on a Thursday. So not everyone was out, but there there were chuckles, um, especially during uh, uh, specific scenes. But I feel like I had better a better experience watching it with uh, the critics group that, that I went to, cause everyone was just eating it up, having a great time. But, uh, yeah. So as we mentioned before, there are two, actually, we didn't mention this yet, but there are two post credit scenes in this movie. Definitely stay for both. One's like towards the middle and one's at like the very end. Um, the first one, as we were talking about Thor kills Zeus. Well, we think he kills Zeus. Well, we think he kills Zeus. 
he like badly wounds him. So it look we we get a nice little post credit scene with Roy Kent, aka Brett Goldstein, I believe his name is. Yeah. As Hercules. Roy Kent from Ted Lasso. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I that literally blew me away. I was like, this is probably one of the best well kept secrets, like out there when it comes to Marvel, um, I guess introducing new characters and new villains. He's got the look. You can see he's got that facial structure to pull off Hercules, I feel like. He does. I mean, like, he's a very, like, fit, like, guy, too. So it's like, I mean, if for anyone out there who's watched Ted Lasso, uh, he play, uh, Brett Goldstein plays uh, Roy Kent, and he's also a writer on the show as well. I believe they are stopping with the third season, though. Um, I believe they, they did say the third season was going to be the final season for Ted Lasso, but I digress. Yes, he looks amazing as Hercules. And for the second post-credit scene, we get... So Jane Foster, throughout the movie, uh, you find out that she has cancer and uh, Mjolnir, uh, which was broken at the time, kind of calls to her and she becomes the mighty Thor. Um, But we also find out it's giving her great health. The hammer is not, it's effectively killing her because it's not giving her the treatment like like any of the, she has stage four cancer. So all the chemo treatments that she has, it's not... It's having like that uh, negative effect. Like it's like canceling each other out. So she does die in the movie. And then we see her get into Valhalla because she did die on the battlefield, which I thought was a very, very nice touch. Like especially a nice ending for her arc. Honestly, I feel like I'm not sure if you feel this way, Devin, but I feel like I think I'm mad. I rather just taken like a singular story between um, Natalie Portman as Mighty Thor and Christian Bale as the God Butcher. And I mean, I would love to have Thor there, but I wanted him to, to play more of a, I guess like a background character, kind of let like, you know, Mighty Thor take the forefront. But that's just me. I'm not sure what you think about that. Yeah, I definitely would have liked more time with Jane Foster, Mighty Thor. It feels like really we could have just had more time to spend with her and get more attached to her as a character. Because like I said before, the first two Thors, there's just not much there for us to like latch on to. And, and Taika had to do some heavy lifting here to kind of get us not only caught up with their relationship, but also show us how their relationship even started in the first place. Because the first two movies just did not do a good job. And what she's been up to, which is... Kind of crazy to think about, but Devin, I'm not sure if you know this, but there is a swarm of people out there who swear that the first Thor movie is the best. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying it's bad. I think it's a great introduction to the character. You know, it does what it needs to do. I think it has a great story arc, but I definitely don't think it's the best. But that's me. You know, like we said before, the film is subjective, but there's a swarm of, swarm of people out there who think that the first Thor movie is the best. It's that's ludicrous. I don't know. Those blonde eyebrows are enough to knock it down at least 10 points. That was, whew, man, that was crazy. But yeah, I, like I said, I enjoy the story of the first Thor movie. I don't personally think it's the best. I think it's, I mean, if I'm ranking them right now, I think Ragnarok still ranks higher for me than Love and Thunder. And then it would be Love and Thunder as number two. And then the first four Thor movie. Yeah, there's, there's been a lot of talk of comparing this one to Ragnarok, which obviously it makes sense. But I just, even even if it's not quite as good as Ragnarok, I just love how it fits into the world of Ragnarok so well. It fits into the world that Taika has built for Thor. Like, this is Taika's Thor, and he saved the character. There's a reason there's been such a resurgence in the likability of his characters, because Taika 
pretty much saved him. Just the dullness of the past two. <laughs> I I definitely agree with you there. Um, like we said, you know, it, it may not be the best of work that Taika has done with Thor altogether, but it does fit in with that world. You know, the silliness is there. Uh, we get some amazing screaming goats throughout this entire uh, movie, which I thought was kind of funny, simply because one of my buddies has a has a uh, beagle mix and he's always howling. His name is Benji. And every time I heard those goats scream, I thought of Benji. Yeah, the goats were, was one of the recurring jokes and also the, uh, the love triangle between Thor, Mjolnir, and Stormbreaker. I thought that was amazing. The, the goats the goats were funny for me the first couple of times, but towards the end it, it started to get a bit annoying for me just because, just, just screaming goats. It's like, okay, we get it. But I love how Stormbreaker is just like the jealous girlfriend the whole time. I love when he's he's talking to uh he's talking about the the thunderbolt and then stormbreaker like slowly slides into frame i thought that was just amazing definitely and of course everything having with um you know the god butcher for for christian bale you know i feel we haven't talked too much on him but i mean of course valkyrie's always amazing you know she she's always there she's the king of her people we got a nice new another um <laughs> skit within the movie with uh matt damon of course I, I love how that's a recurring joke. Um, of course, Korg is amazing, you know, skate mates for life. Um, but it, it really, when it comes, I mean, I I think even though people say that we haven't gotten a lot with Christian Bale, I thought he was in the movie a good amount of amount of time. Yeah, there, there, there's the there's the argument that could be made that the scenes he was in fewer scenes, which made them more impactful. Because every time he's on screen, you just feel it. It's like Lord of the Rings when it comes to like Sauron. Honestly, even with Sauron, you never really see the physical embodiment of Sauron. Like you see him like once during the beginning, but his presence is always there. Um, I feel like, you know, opening up this movie with uh, the God Butcher um, really kind of set like a nice background for his character. And of course, him originally trying to get to Eternity to... Um, you know, kill the rest of the gods because his his motives made sense. Yeah, it's, a, it's a, overall it's a super solid story. Like the writing and the setup for the plot is it's just solid. It's not it's not amazing by any means, but there's not too much to complain about. No, no, not at all. And like I said, it's I mean I, I can see why people want a little bit more Christian Bale because it's like why wouldn't you want more to see of Christian Bale on screen? You know, he's a phenomenal actor, but. Yeah, um, just overall, I really just enjoyed this. So, um, and, and it gets to the end where there's some turns that I never would have expected. And I did a good job of keeping you on your toes. I mean, Thor has a daughter now. Like, whoever would have gone into this expecting that to be the outcome of this movie? And I do believe, I initially thought that that actress was Taika's daughter, but I believe it's actually Chris Hemsworth's daughter. I did not know yet. I knew he had a son because during the very beginning when he's running through the field, that quick glimpse that is... Chris Hensworth, uh, his son, but I didn't know he had a daughter. Uh, yeah, I was trying to look either. through the, through the credits. I don't even know if she has an official name. I guess people are just going to call her Love because of the narration at the end, calling them Love and Thunder. I heard the accent; it sounded like it could either be New Zealand or Australian. It's, it's obviously one of those. So I was like, okay, Taika put his daughter in here. But I think um, heavy spoilers mentioned that it's Chris Hensworth's daughter, which is even cooler because that's why they have such great chemistry on screen. Because 
It's a real dead. I did love the the very end. I mean, of course, you know, um, Jane Foster is mighty Thor. You know, she she essentially, you know, she dies on the battlefield. She sacrifices herself. And I love how Thor is able to finally, you know, he he begs her not to use the hammer again. And he's like, I couldn't live with myself, you know, regretting not to ask you to stay, you know, to get better while he goes and faces Gore. But overall, man, yeah, just a really great story. I was going to ask, what what do you think about Gore's overall arc? Because the movie starts off, we get the backstory, the, the kind of uh, prequel about Gore's history and and why he is what he is, which I thought that was great, setting up as a more understandable and likable villain because he, he loses his daughter on their planet because they were worshiping a god and the god just laughed at them and turned their back turned his back at them. So that's when he kind of gets on his run of justice and revenge. But then towards the end of the movie, he... He sees the light and instead of just killing off all the gods, he brings back his daughter and puts her in the hands of Thor to take care of of her, which I thought was a very interesting turn because I don't know too much about gore in, in the comics history, but I feel like this might be a, a very different take on what he is as a character. More seems like he might be more sinister in the comics. I don't know if he would have kind of turn of heart like this. I do think it was a nice full circle because when he finally, you know, when he has the heart to heart with Thor uh, towards the very end and you kind of see the actions that Thor decides to take instead of trying to destroy Gore, he wants to spend the last few minutes that he can with Jane. I, I saw it more as like a selfless act for Thor because, you know, instead of trying to stop gore he decides to spend you know the last moments he has with jane and i thought it was great that that jane got the opportunity to save thor instead of it being the other way around like it usually would be even though it ended up taking her life that and of course the kids <laughs> for a limited time only <laughs> yeah. Got that. Yeah, i love I, did, I love that that heimdall has a son i thought that was really cool i don't know if we ever knew that before but heimdall having a son going by axel now of course but it was great to see him and they they mentioned his name a lot, so the whole time I was just thinking, okay, there's another young Avenger. We we got him landed. Like there's they're setting something up for him because he had a lot of screen time and a lot of name drops. He did, he did, and of course we do see um, Aegis Elba for a hot minute and Valhalla because he also dies during battle, uh, welcoming Jane to Valhalla. But yeah, as you were mentioning, I, I thought it was a nice little twist for uh, Gore. Um, all together because you know it's it's kind of like you know when like how, how much is enough before you you know you're killing all these gods and clearly it's coming from a place of love and anger that you know he and he mentions throughout the movie you know gore mentions that he had a daughter he tells the kids about it and it's it kind of just made him the way that he is because, you know, he renounces his God during the beginning of the movie, his God gets mad. And then, you know, it's kind of just like a slap in the face. You know, Gore was pleading with his own God saying, Hey, and he's, he's like, we're the last year disciples. You know, he's like, the rest of our people are wiped out. He's like, my daughter just died. He's like, I'm looking for help. He's like, I'm looking for guidance from the one being that, you know, is supposed to bring me hope and prosperity and then his god kind of just laughs in his face. So I, I kind of understand. And then, and then we see even the other gods when we go to Omnip Omnipotent City, I think they call yeah, it. Yeah, Omnipotent City, yeah. But we even see that his, I mean, he's kind of right because even they they aren't really, they have their best interests in mind and they don't really care about 
the the people that are following them. So it, it kind of feels like we're on the side of Gore for a fair amount of this movie, which is always a good sign for a villain. Yeah, I mean, his, his motives were very relatable. Um, and even in the real world, a lot of people end up feeling that way. Um, so it is a it's a touchy subject. But I will say I'm I'm very disappointed we did not see any of the Egyptian gods there. Or if we did, it might have just been, you know, like, you know, Taurette or somebody like that would have been kind of cool to see. Yeah, there might have been somebody because they, they showed a lot of a lot of random faces and there might have been someone mixed in there. But it was definitely cool. The, what was it? Bao, the, the god of dumplings. Yeah. Bao and Ninny of the Nunny. <laughs> Korg's god. Yeah, I'm sure there, I'm sure there's some Easter eggs there that that Neurox Charge will point out for us. But yeah, we'll see. <laughs> hey, Ninny Nunny. <laughs> I, thought, I thought that scene was really, really cool. That whole setting looked amazing. And I love the fight between um, the, the three main characters and the, I guess, the, the golden protectors of Zeus, whatever they were called. But I thought it was interesting because whenever that trailer came out, everybody just immediately thought, oh, uh, Gore is just going just gonna to kill them all off, which I definitely thought was going to be the case. But ends up being Thor that, that takes him out for briefly, at least. Yeah, he knocks him down for the count. And I really just, you know, it, we also see that Jane Foster is very new to those to the, you know, the God slash superhero business, you know, she's, she's good at the fighting bits, but it's like, you know, she's still working things out, but you can see her own personal struggles. Um, I do wish it was more of a singular story about Jane, but you know, it is what it is. Um, I thought Russell Crowe's Zeus was great. You know, he's, he's playing the part as, you yeah, know, from what I've seen, it could be a more like historically accurate depiction of, of Zeus because he, he was kind of like just an oaf at times. And I think he was going for a Greek accent, which obviously is more accurate. And I also, I also wanted to, to mention the fight on in the shadow realm. I thought that was just amazing. Like everything is black and white except for Stormbreaker and Mjolnir and the Thunderbolt which is just visually amazing to watch. I will agree with you there. As soon as you said Shadow Realm, I, my mind immediately goes to Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah. Uh, the, and and of, of, we actually got a bit of um, unfortunate news that the creator of uh, Yu-Gi-Oh, Kazuki uh, Takahashi, uh, passed away at 60. He was the creator of Yu-Gi-Oh, um, the uh, uh, card game uh, anime all that. So yeah, as soon as you said Shadow Realm, or as soon as they even mention it, my mind automatically goes to Yu-Gi-Oh! Because that was, you know, when it came to like the Egyptian way of playing um, you know, the card game of Yu-Gi-Oh! When somebody lost, they got banished to the Shadow Realm. <laughs> it actually reminded me just just watching it, it reminded me of the end of the Northmen, just kind of an epic battle on like for them it was a volcano, but for them for here it's a black and white planet, like which is a visually stunning final battle. I guess it wasn't the final battle, but a battle nonetheless. Right. It, there's been a lot of Norse mythology stories told this year. I mean, like you just mentioned, the Northmen, of course, now we have Thor, Love, and Thunder. And later on this year, um, we kind of mentioned in one of our other episodes, um, God of War, Ragnarok, is coming to um, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, Thing of like November 9th. So it's it's a big year for Norse mythology all around. I'm I'm here for it. I mean, I love the Greek gods, love Greek mythos, but um I never really spent too much time with uh Norse mythology. So I'm glad we're we're getting more 
of a, a history lesson, if you will. Um, so overall, yeah, I thought it was a great tale. Like, I think Taika did a great job with this. Like, like I said before, it may not be as strong as uh, Thor Ragnarok, because I feel like, I mean, there, there's emotional beasts in both, but it's like, man, this Jane, you know, fi- fighting to the very end for her and having her just, the the hammer choosing her and saying, hey, I you think know, she'll like, be it's back. Time. I think she will be too. If Natalie Portman has has time on the schedule, I think she'll be back. Yeah. Also, really quick, I thought it was hilarious that Taika asked <laughs> Natalie yeah. Portman to be in a Star Wars movie. <laughs> and, but Someone it's like, hasn't watched the prequels. Taika's a very busy man. I, I don't think, and, and it's and it's kind of like, oh, you know, you'd be great for a Star Wars movie. Like, honestly, I still think she could be in a Star Wars movie. I was talking to a few friends about this. You know, if, if you were to... If she were to go like the Lupita Nyong'o route where she voices like a CGI alien or something like that um, or something of that factor. But honestly, it wouldn't man- be mad if they just like threw her back in there. I mean, Star Wars is kind of all over the place anyway. So I, I-, I think we-, we lost the ability to tell a clear cut story a long time ago. <laughs> so but that's just me. But definitely, yeah, I thought that was hilarious. And it would be Taika to be the person to ask her. Like I, I wish I would have known what that conversation was like. Like, uh Taika, I don't know if you know this, but like <laughs> there's I'm in like three movies. <laughs> All I'm the kind prequels. of Darth Vader's mom. Or not wife. mom, but uh, wife. Yeah. Yeah. Or is she oh Shwe. Oh man, she's Buried somewhere on Tatooine, I suppose. But, Devin, let's get into our uh, scores here, because I feel like we've kind of gone through our final thoughts, unless you had something else you wanted to mention before we get into our ratings. Yeah, I had one last thing I wanted to mention. I feel like not a lot of people are talking about this, but I, I love the things that this movie sets up for the future of Thor and the MCU. Because, I mean, obviously, I think it would be perfect if, if uh, Taika got his own trilogy. It just makes sense. Just give him the third Thor movie. As long as Chris Hemsworth's on board, pretty sure he is. So we give him a third movie, he gets a trilogy. I think that would be awesome. And from what they've set up in the post credit scene, it could be like a John Wick scenario where all the gods are going after Thor and his new daughter, Love. Like, how cool does that sound? That would He's got to cool. fight off gods in order to just save her, his new daughter and who knows what else Ty could come up with, but... Hercules and Zeus and whoever else just hunting him down. Just sign I me think up. that would be pretty cool. Like, <laughs> I wonder what we call uh, Thor, uh, Thunder and Love. <laughs> just yeah. swap it out. <laughs> swap it around. <laughs> Thor loves the thunder. Thor loves thunder. <laughs> he went from sad god to dad god. <laughs> Man, I, I, I love those small little, little quips there for sure. But yeah, let's uh, let's get into our ratings here and then we'll kind of just close on out. Um, I guess I'll just go first with my ratings uh, overall. So I would give Thor Love and Thunder like a solid like four out of five stars, which I think I think on in session film, I gave it like an A plus, but not like an A plus as in like it's flawless, just as an A plus as in I really did enjoy the movie. I mean, there's always going to be issues that we have movies. Uh, personally, sometimes I feel like we harp too much on the negatives instead of focusing on what made us like the movie altogether. I feel like some people can be a little bit overly uh, critical. Um, you know, it's, it's our job to be critical, but sometimes, you know, there, there's, there's always a line. There's always a point where I feel like, okay, now you're just, 
now you're just picking apart the movie and, you know, being, being pessimistic about it, but for what it is worth, I think this was a beautiful story. Um, like I said, I, I really wish I kind of would have gotten a little bit more of Natalie Portman. I wish it was more of a singular Natalie Portman's uh, movie, but definitely uh, one of the best MCU phase four movies out there. Uh, second best Thor movie out there for sure. And yeah, I'll give it like four out of five. And I guess it'd be like a solid, like a minus or an A, something like that. But Devin, what about you? Yeah, I really enjoyed overall. Um, plenty of laughs throughout. The action scenes were great. Visually stunning. Just really funny, which is kind of what Taika was going for at the heart of it. I don't usually complain about there being too much humor in, in MCU movies, which is a common complaint amongst a lot of people. But for this one, I will agree. Um, there were times where it just kind of like it, it, flipped, it flipped up the tone a bit too much sometimes when there were jokes thrown in, especially for me specifically on the Shadow Realm planet. There were just a couple jokes thrown in where it's like this could be a really awesome like serious scene, but there mm. were some there was there was the uh, the jokes with the goats just screaming. It's like okay yeah. again, yeah. But at the same time, it was very funny. Like uh, consistently, my teacher was laughing throughout. <laughs> I was chuckling. Dad and sister were chuckling. Like it's it's just a funny movie, and that's what Taika's here for. Uh, so overall, I'd give this one. I, I mentioned I, I had some issues with there not being enough Jane or Gore. Just there, if there was like fifteen or twenty minutes added to this movie, I feel like we could have fleshed out a lot more with some of these characters. Mm-hmm. But they cut; they must have cut it down for a reason. Who knows? But um, definitely could have been better, but still very good overall. I'm going with like an eighty-four. Um, just a solid, solid entry. I definitely, um, I definitely agree with you there. Yeah, it was, um, you know, like, there's always good and bad parts. But overall, like, I really did enjoy it. Like, I mean, whenever it comes to Disney Plus, like, or, you know, whenever I buy it on Blu-ray, like, I'll, you know, I'll watch it again, like, 100%. It's just a great, great story. So that pretty much concludes our uh, coverage, our review here of Thor Love and Thunder. Um So if you've liked what you've heard here on the podcast today, please, please, please subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform of choice. I do apologize. My voice has been a bit raspy today, but always, always we ask people to share an episode of our podcast with a friend, whether it be your mother, your brother, your lover, whoever it may be, make sure to share an episode of the Film Optics podcast with a movie lover in need. And really quick, what's coming up on the podcast you might ask, we are going to be covering Solar Opposite Season 3 that will be hitting Hulu, um, I think it's July 13th, uh, Prime Day. We got Prime Day coming up, Devin. That is going to be very interesting. Um, of course, uh, we have our Umbrella Academy Season 3 review that is a spoiler-free episode out now for everyone, as well as our Miss Marvel Episode 5 review that is out for everybody to listen to. And we just wrapped up on our Stranger Things Volume 1 and 2 for Season 4 of the show. Uh, both of those episodes are out on the podcast for you to listen to. So if you're a big Stranger Things fan, we we talk about a lot. I, I actually think our Volume 2 review was just as long as one of the episodes. It's like an hour and 30 minutes. But it was a really, really great conversation. You know, we, we kept the juices flowing there. So this, those are just a few things uh, coming out. Well, on we the also podcast. have the um, that boys review that we did because the finale came out today. I don't know That's when we wanted to right. Put yeah, that so, out. 
Yeah. So as of this recording, if you're listening to this now, our The Boys season three episodes four through eight are on the podcast. Um, as you're listening to this right now, that's we kind of just watched it a little bit early and you know, we got a bit of ahead of ourselves and started just to, you know, record it all together. So definitely check that out for sure. If you are a big boys fan, the boys fan, I should say, because that finale was fantastic. So, yeah, thank you for uh, pointing that out, Devin, because I totally forgot about that. I was like, oh, yeah, we do have that. It, it is it's slated to go up like it's scheduled and everything. <laughs> I'm actually looking at it right now. I'm like, oh, yeah, that, that is coming out. So definitely there. Um, and yeah, we're working on a few projects here on the podcast. Um, probably won't see those until maybe later this month or maybe later in the year or early next year. Um, doing a little project with a few people. We're going to be recording some things early, banking a few episodes for you guys. So those will be like more singular episodes themselves. But that pretty much concludes our episode here today, as I mentioned before. Um, we hope you guys have a great day, and we'll see you guys next time. And that's a wrap for today. Thank you all for listening. And if you enjoy the show, leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And follow us on Instagram and Twitter to stay in the know. That was Devin. My name is Christian. We'll see you guys in Valhalla. Peace.